This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I couldn't believe it. Um, I got a phone call this morning off my dad to tell me he'd um, started a new job at a uh, chess piece factory. Apparently he's on nights all week. (laughs) Alan, that was it. That was the joke. That was a joke. Was it bad? Really bad. I says to Alan this morning, I said, Alan, I've got a joke. said, it's a belter. He says, well, let me know, won't you? (laughs) That's no way to respond, is it? I try, very trying. We're going to carry on our series this morning. I won't ask you if you were surprised at my joke not being funny, but the series is, Are You Surprised? Um, And hopefully, God willing, this morning, we're not going to move far from where we were last week, but we're going to see something very different. Last week, we asked the question, Are we surprised at God's grace? Are we surprised at his grace? And we saw Rahab, a prostitute, saved because of her faith. God's grace poured out to her, being given what we don't deserve, what she didn't deserve. And that through her faith, church, as we understand the word of God, that the very line continued that led to Jesus Christ. That's what God does, isn't it? That is amazing grace. And this morning, we, as I say, don't go far. We go into just Joshua chapter 6 and 7. Last week, we were in chapter 2. And this week, we only turn a few pages to Joshua chapter 6 and 7. So I think let's pray. And then let's see what the Lord's got to say to us this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you might just help us this morning to look with a heart that is open, with minds that are clear into your word, that, Father, you would just show us all that you've laid out for us and that, Father, we might understand a little bit more about ourselves. But in doing that, Father God, we would learn more about you and your love for each one of us. Father, may you just help us, may you just encourage us, may you, Lord, speak through me and that, Father, we would just be blessed this morning through the very word of God as we read it together, as we look at it together. For Father, we ask these prayers in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So Joshua chapter 6 and 7. And really, you know, I can't read the two chapters because we'd be exhausted and um, you'd be bored of my monotonous voice. Um, So I'm only going to be 50 to 55 minutes this morning. Um, (laughs) I like it how there wasn't too much noise. Now, be careful, because I could easily drift on. And as I said to the guys before the service, that now I've got the glasses on, I can see if you nod off as well. So there will be a polite nudge, all right? The person next to you will elbow you, just in case. But Joshua chapter 6 and 7, tell us of the story, as we saw last week, that the spies went to Jericho to find out if there was um, an option to take this place. They went to case it out to see what was going to happen. They understood then that God was going to deliver Jericho into the hands of the Israelites. And then what happened is they went, they did as the Lord called them to do. And of course, what happened? The walls fell. Jericho was indeed overthrown, just as the Lord had laid out. And we see that in chapter 6 and chapter 7, that, the, uh, that Jericho, particularly chapter 6, Jericho falls. 
Um, and of course, Rahab and her family are saved, just as was promised. If we have a look, chapter 6, verse 22 through 25. Um, It says, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. And then verse 25, um, after we understand they burned the whole city and everything that was in it, it says, but verse 25, but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. But of course, she was saved in that sense. God saved her because of her faith. But you know, the joy of victory The joy of celebration doesn't last long. You see, because in this moment of victory, in this moment of celebration, in this moment of yes, we've done it, sin is present. And it threatens to derail everything. And that's what our thought this morning is based around. Church, are we surprised at sin? Are we surprised at sin? Now, straight off the bat, you would do what I would say and go, well, do you know what? No, I'm not surprised. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. But then when I think about it, I think to myself, well, do you know what? We've been saved, redeemed, set free. And I often think in my own life, and I'll I'll draw to me rather than than put condemnation on you, (laughs) But I, I, I look at my own life and I think, why would I do that? Why have I said that? Why has that come out of my mouth? Why is this my behavior? Why have I let myself down in this manner? And I'm shocked and I'm disappointed and I'm surprised at the sin. And I'm sure if you turn the finger onto yourself, you could say the same, that there are times when sin in our own life shocks us. And if you're not brave enough to do that or humble enough to do that, see that, just drop that in there, that, uh, that you can do that perhaps to those around about you. And you think of somebody, it's not going to take you long, to think of somebody that you go, I cannot believe that they did that. I don't understand why they do that. And you get that hand on your waist that says, I thought they were a Christian. Anybody else ever done that? Just me? Okay. And we go, how is that possible? And we're left shocked. And we're left disappointed. And we're left wondering, scratching our head, going, why? But my question to us this morning and throughout this whole series is, should we really be surprised? You see, the Bible says, if you, again, if you've got the word with you, just turn to Hebrews and chapter 12, um, a beautiful part of Scripture, as the writer of Hebrews just brings out for us uh, Jesus Christ. But in doing that, he draws attention to our own failings, which is why we need a saviour, amen? That here in chapter, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw uh, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Do you hear that? The Bible tells us that we have to throw off the sin, but don't don't miss the point that it's sin that so easily entangles. You see, because what happens is in our own walk is we think we're doing okay. We've just had a victory. Look how wonderful it was. Look at what we achieved. See how I've drifted into it straight away? You achieved nothing, Joshua. God did it. You see that? Israel, you didn't achieve anything off your own back. In fact, we'll see what off your own back leads to. And this is where we slip it. It's so easily entangles and then says let and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us I can't skip over verse 2 let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart And in verse 4, in your struggle against sin. Do you see that? In your struggle against sin. And he's he's, he's writing here, um, he's making a point that they've not um, struggled to the point of shedding their own blood. Such was the case for the early church. That they would literally be murdered for following Christ. But here they've not resisted to the point of shedding their own blood. But what he's saying to them is that in your struggle against sin and in that sin that so easily entangles us that we struggle against sin. And the Bible doesn't hide the fact, does it? We we saw Romans 3.23 last week. The Bible doesn't hide the fact that we are sinners and in that that we're in need of a saviour. But here in this story of victory over Jericho for Joshua and Israel, sin shouldn't have had a place, should it? It should not have been anywhere near that camp. That camp has just listened to what God has said. That camp has just understood that God is going to do something incredible. And they've marched around those walls. They've done as God's called them to do. The walls have done exactly what God said was going to happen. They've marched in. They've taken over the city. They've done everything. And God has delivered them and shown them that he's in control. Yet, sin is there. Sin is there and it has a place and the people have allowed it room. The people, church, the people have allowed it room. And Joshua told the people in chapter 6 and verse 18 and 19, and this is what he said to them. He said, but keep away. This is as they march into the city, as they go over the walls. He's, he's laying it out to them. This is what not to do. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel, Israel liable to destruction and bring, bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold, the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Joshua's pretty clear, isn't he? He's pretty clear in what needs to happen. And, and then this happens, verse, chapter 7, verse 1. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of all those other people. (laughs) He took some of them, the things he shouldn't have touched. 
He took some of them, and the Lord's anger burned against Israel. He did what he shouldn't have done. But let's not just bring the blame on Achan this morning. Let's have a look at Joshua 2. You see, because Joshua 2 makes a huge mistake. He gets a a little big for his boots. He gets a little bit confident. He gets a little bit cocky. He gets a little bit arrogant. And he thinks, well, I've got this. I know what I need to do. Last time, when we took Jericho, I sent a spy. And the spies went and they told us what was, uh, what was there. And there we knew then what we needed to do. So he does the same with the next place that's on the list that they're going to overthrow. The next place is called Ai, uh, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel and told them, verse 2, look, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it and do not uh, weary all the people for only a few men are there. Joshua listened to them. So about 3,000 men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. You see, because Joshua didn't do something, 36 men, 36 soldiers were killed. And unfortunately, in that moment too, that naturally we also know, don't we, that the people of Ai would have gone, how big's their God? (laughs) Look at what we've just done. They can jog on. They ain't coming anywhere near us. And their actions have painted a poor picture of a God who is delivering them and who has brought them out of captivity and is bringing them into the promised land. Do you see the impact you see the gravity of the way that we live our lives. And there's a catalogue of errors. And I would say in this moment some very surprising sin. But just two points to bring out this morning. Um, they're big points of, a, of a, a couple of big chapters. But the first one is this, that sin in the camp will always but always prevent blessing. Sin in the camp will always prevent blessing. Now, as a church, we have to understand that. As children of the living God, we have to grasp that in our own lives individually, but collectively, that naturally, if sin is prevalent, if sin is always at the tip of our tongue and we're bringing that, then God can't bless us. It's impossible. God cannot bless us. And often that we think, just like Achan, that our sin... Well, it can be hidden, can't it? You know, I dig a hole and I bury it under my tent. And we we dig a hole in our heart and we bury it and we say, nobody's ever going to know about it, it's okay. It's going to be fine. The voice gets higher usually. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Nobody will ever know. But of course, God knows. Because if there's sin in the camp... It will prevent blessing. And Achan dug a hole and he buried it. And that's exactly, exactly what, if we're not careful, we can do. And it's the biggest surprise of all. Because what Achan actually found out is that his sin was bigger than him. His sin was bigger than 
him. Isn't that interesting? That his sin was going to bring down his downfall, but as Joshua said would happen in chapter 6 and then happens in chapter 7, it's going to bring down the whole of Israel if you are not careful. And Achan found out that his sin was bigger than just him. God wanted to bless Israel, but he couldn't because there was sin in the camp. Church, God hasn't changed. The Bible tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He is an unchanging God. You cannot change perfection. Amen? It is perfect. He is perfect. So therefore, we have to grasp that what he tells us in the Old Testament is absolutely relevant for us in our New Testament walk, in our new covenant, that we have to deal with the sin in our lives because church, make no mistake about it, God will deal with it. I never get an amen at that, ever. (laughs) But God will always, but always deal with sin. Amen. Amen indeed. But you see, what Achan hadn't grasped is that no amount of hiding, no amount of covering up was ever going to hide the fact that there was a massive problem. But what we need to do is, rather than hide it, is to remember, church, that we worship a God who is a God of forgiveness. You know, Anita made point that he's a patient God, and he is indeed patient. His love even stretches to someone like me. He is patient. (laughs) And it stretches to somebody like you. And he loves us, and the Bible tells us he wants the best for us. So therefore, the sin in our lives we have to bring to him and say, Lord, I am sorry. There is no point hiding it from a God who is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. Amen? He is everywhere all of the time. How could we possibly hide it from him? 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sin then he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And he'll cleanse us from that unrighteousness. This is what the Bible tells us. But do we take it or do we go, I daren't tell him in case he smites me down. We forget, don't we? We have to bring our sin to God and say, I am sorry for the sin in my life. And do you know what? The cross is big enough. The cross is good enough The cross is enough, that Jesus is enough, and he will and has dealt with that sin in our life. Amen? That's the God we worship. That's the God that we come on a Sunday to bring our praise and our adoration to. That's the God that we see in the Bible, the God who loves us and cares for us and wants the best for us. So what do we do? Like a child would do to a parent who loves them and cares for them, would actually come and say, Dad, I've, I've made a boo-boo. <laughs> I don't want to be, I've, I've got to tell you because I can't lie, but I've, I've smashed the glass on the greenhouse with the football. It's so easy to do, isn't it? And what happens then, and we say this to our own children, tell me the truth and the consequence will be far less than trying to hide it. Just tell me the truth. There is always a consequence for sin. But tell me the truth and I'll only stop two weeks worth of pocket money. (laughs) Lie to me and you are out the will. It's probably a bit far, it's probably a bit far, but 
You see, the truth is that if we, if we don't bring it to the Lord, we're just fooling ourselves. We're fooling ourselves. So if there is sin in the camp, then God cannot bless it. That's our first one. Bring it to the Lord. 1 John 1 verse 9. Bring it to him and he will deal with it because that's what the cross is for. That's what Jesus was for. Amen. And then the second point, which is based around Joshua, is don't get carried away. I am so good at this. Not, not getting carried away, but getting carried away. It is a gift of mine. I'm brilliant at it. Full pelt. Absolutely like what Linford Christie for some of you, Usain Bolt for the younger ones. <laughs> Just phew, gone. And I've got carried away and I've forgotten and I've missed what God's done. And I've thought, yes, we've done it. Come on. And Joshua's done exactly the same. Isn't it nice? Ha ha. We're all rubbish and need a savior. Joshua here, he gets so carried away with the fact that they have just conquered this place. They have just defeated Jericho that instead of asking God what to do, he does it off his own back. Anybody else done that before? Oi. Oh, constantly. It's like, it, I mean, when we say we worship a patient God, a loving God, I mean, seriously, this can be eight times a day. It's like, okay, I'm still here. Talk to me. And we, we miss the point and we forget to consult God. We forget to ask him what to do next. And Joshua here, oh, he makes such a mistake. He goes off his own back. He does what, uh, what the people tell him to do. And he goes and he attempts to take over AI without conferring with God and asking God what he needs to do. And of course, he suffers a defeat. And in that defeat, as we've already said, it paints a terrible picture of a God who is perfect, of a God who will not be defeated, of a God who is in control. And it paints a really poor picture. And I would argue this morning, is it any different in our own lives? You know that on Monday morning, when we really don't feel like being at work, but there we are. Or we really don't feel like doing that thing that somebody's asked us to do and we begrudgingly said yes. Oh wow, none of you have ever done that. That were awkward. (laughs) You're all far too nice, I can't grasp it. But we, we jump into these things and then our face tells a completely different picture to what our heart really should be saying. Or in fact, the, the face tells the truth. And we live out with a moany attitude that says, I can't be bothered, I don't want to be here, I don't really want to help you. If I'm honest, you're off my Christmas list. Anybody else got a Christmas? No, okay. <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I feel like you're winding up almost this morning. If another 25 minutes, you're going to be ace. <laughs> but we forget... And we miss the point and we allow sin in our lives to trip us up. We allow the sin in our lives to trip us up and we forget what it's all about. In fact, it isn't about me, it's about him. And when I go into work or when I go into a conversation or a meeting with somebody or I go to see family, whether they know the Lord or don't know the Lord, that I am a Christian saved redeemed set free amen that we're not different people that we are who we say we are and that comes out of our life and everything that we do starts at the foot of the cross everything that we are starts at the foot of the cross I'm not different here and different over there but rather we are who we say we are 
And if we live our lives like that, if that's how we live, then we don't fall into the trap here that we can so easily do. And as Joshua falls into and says, look what I've achieved. In fact, we remember I've achieved nothing outside of him. The Bible says before Christ, I didn't even have life. Dead. As Anita alluded to, fully dead. And inside of Christ, we've received life that is truly life, everlasting life. It's not something that I'm going to get. It's something that I already have. And here, because of Joshua forgetting those things, forgetting that he was in the hands of the living God, he decided to go off his own back. So what have we got to do? You know, so often um, in sports, particularly with football, when the opponent scores a goal, you are most susceptible to getting a goal scored against you. Chelsea fans will know that. Not Derby fans, because we, we're all right. But you're most susceptible when the enemy comes at you after you've had a big joyous occasion, whatever it might be, and you've had a victory. The enemy comes at you and you are, the guard is down because I'm over here celebrating. Look how wonderful it is. It's fantastic. And my guard is down. We have to remember at all times, Galatians 6 verse 10 through 17, to wear the armor of God. The full armor. You know, and even in celebration, we don't take it off because the enemy is waiting for us to trip up. The enemy is waiting for the guard to be down and the enemy is waiting for ourselves to come to the surface. The enemy is waiting for us. So this morning, we have to understand that if we want to stop being surprised about sin, that again, forewarned is forearmed, that we know that sin is ready to entangle us easily. And we have to be ready that even on the back of a victory or a celebration or a great moment, like a baptism, oh, the amount of people that fall away after a baptism as their guard is down. And the amount of times that we see it in churches that something wonderful happens and then the enemy takes a hold. And if we're not careful, we become foul of this. So let's be forewarned and forearmed. Let's not be surprised, but let's be on guard against sin. And let's say it has not got a place here. It has not got a place here. It has not got a place here. Because this is all about Jesus. Amen. I want to live my life. We want to live our lives and declare the name of Jesus Christ. Not somebody who's defeated because I go into it off my own back, but a God who does not get beaten. A God who will never leave us nor forsake us. A God who we've already seen is patient and loving and kind. That's the God that I want to show people. Amen? That's the God that we want to show people. And when we do, as the word calls us to do, and we keep on that full armour, then church, we have to be assured that God will do the rest. That God will always, but always do the rest. Amen? Are we surprised? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to again thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. And Lord, as we've looked this morning, it challenges our hearts. It challenges our lives. And we pray, Father, that you would just help us to just seek your face, to just seek your wisdom. Father, to not do things off our own back. And Father, too, this morning, as we have challenged ourselves with sin, that, Lord, if there is sin, that, Father, you'd root it out in our lives.
that we'd be brave enough to come to you and that we'd be assured of your promise that you will indeed never leave us nor forsake us and the work of the cross is enough and Lord your grace is sufficient and that Lord that we would just bring those things to you and ask Lord God that you will deal with them and that you will set us back on your path and that Father we might continue to do as you've called us to do to serve you wholeheartedly and to show people the love of the Lord Jesus Christ the way that we live our lives for you so Father as we just close in worship together now we pray that you bless us and encourage us and that Father we just enjoy singing to a God who loves us beyond measure we ask these prayers in Jesus name Amen This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.